You're listening to Kevin Stock Radio. Hey, it's Kevin. Thanks for joining. Uh, so today I want to do a real quick podcast video wherever you're watching this on fat loss and also some muscle building on the carnivore diet. Uh, and I, I want to break this up into two segments. One is getting started with the carnivore diet and one is for people that have been on the carnivore diet for a while. And so I break it up into these two sections because when someone gets started with the carnivore diet, it depends on where they're coming from. Uh, that's going to dictate their initial results. So for example, I wrote this article about John and Sally and John is this obese male in his fifties who's never really dieted, never really watched what he ate, doesn't really exercise ever. Uh, and he starts the carnivore diet because his doctor wants him to get a grip on his weight, his type two diabetes, uh, and basically improve his metabolic condition. And so he goes on the carnivore diet. He drops a ton of fat. He looks like a new person in, you know, 30, 60, 90 days. And you have, you've heard these stories all over the place about the carnivore diet. It's a common story. So the, the thing I want you to recognize about John is his starting point. He started from a pretty unhealthy position, I'll call it. And I want to compare him with, let's, let's call her Sally, because that's who she was in the article. She's in her mid-40s. She's a little bit overweight, but she's watched what she's eaten for most of her life. She's tried lots of different diets. She tries to exercise semi-regularly. Uh, and her starting point is quite a bit different than John's. She has an autoimmune uh uh, disorder, uh, but she's not obese, slightly overweight, uh, and, and but she wants to feel better. She wants to look better. She wants some fat loss. Now, when we look at John and Sally, they are coming from two. They're starting from two very different starting points. And for every some so many Johns, we have a Sally who will go on the diet and uh, will gain weight. Actually, will her body fat will increase and it's like, what's going on here? But it, the, the starting point is what matters. And so what's different about the carnivore diet from a lot of diets, like if you think about the Atkins diet, and I actually wrote an article comparing the two diets. And the biggest thing, the, the biggest difference to me about these two diets is Atkins diet is a fat loss first diet. So that's their primary concern, losing body fat. Health is a consequence of that. The carnivore diet is the opposite. Health is the number one thing that people regain initially. Fat loss is the consequence. Okay. Uh, there's a lot more differences between the two diets, such as like what you eat, all kinds of things like that. And if you're interested to compare the two, I have an article uh, comparing the carnivore diet and Atkins diet. But anyways, carnivore diet is a health first diet. And what that, and what that means is it means something different for everyone. Uh, so for John in the example his, he was unhealthy in, in terms of his body weight and his metabolic condition. Uh, Sally, she was unhealthy because she had all these symptoms of leaky gut and was eating foods that, uh, were, that were disagreeable with her. And so once she got those under control, uh, fat loss follows after that. So in essence, the first thing to understand about the carnivore diet is you need to get healthy first. And in order to get healthy, 
some people are going to lose fat right off the bat and other people are going to gain weight right off the bat. But a danger that I see so many people fall into is especially the Sally's who have perhaps uh, they're coming from a ketogenic diet and they're used to counting calories and they're counting macros and they're measuring and they're monitoring uh, and they're very analytical about things. And I understand the Sally's because I was a Sally and you come from this diet and you go to the carnivore diet and you gain weight that's super discouraging. And the first thing that they want to do is start tinkering. They want to start limiting how much they eat. They want to start counting calories and macros and measuring and monitoring again uh, to make sure they don't gain weight. And just so often this is a mistake. And the, the best way to go about the carnivore diet is to kind of put your head down, so to speak, and power through the first month, three months, six months, uh, maybe a year or more, depending on your health condition, and get healthy first. And the best way to do that is to not restrict your appetite, not to be fanatical about measuring and monitoring, uh, but about eating and eating in a way that's listening to your body. So if you're hungry, you're eating. Uh, one of the one of the consequences of a carnivore diet is regulation of appetite and hunger signals, which have been for most people following any kind of other diet hijacked by uh, certain carbohydrates, sugars, things like that. And once you regain your natural appetite, uh, which may go through the roof initially on the carnivore diet. So for me, for example, when I started, my appetite was I couldn't eat enough. Uh, so I ate a lot. I ate three times a day, four times a day, uh, you know, a pound each meal. So I was eating a lot. Uh, and then a few weeks into it, I totally lost my appetite and I wasn't hungry much. And over time it regulated, uh, but getting this regulation is super important to long-term success. And if you restrict calories or if you're fanatical about your macros and measuring and monitoring and, you know, I, a lot of people want to add fat to everything because they have this ketogenic mindset that they need to be getting at least 70% of their calories from fat. They need to limit protein or it's going to kick them out of ketosis. Uh, you got to lose, so to speak, all of this and kind of start with a clean slate. Uh, most successful carnivores that have been successful for a year or longer, uh, they, they, they disregarded these old these older philosophies, these other diets, these other ways of eating, not to say ketogenic diets wrong or anything like that. It's just different. Uh, and so getting healthy is the primary first consideration with the carnivore diet. And during this getting healthy stage, most people are going to lose fat. So that's why you hear about all these stories of all these great success, uh, fat loss success stories. Uh, and the reason is because most people are overweight or obese. It's getting close to 70% of people in the United States, soon to be the world, that are either overweight or obese. And so when you when they go onto the carnivore diet, one of the healthy things that is going to happen for them is fat loss. Uh, but for someone who might have be might be slightly overweight or not overweight, uh, they may very well increase uh, body fat and weight initially. And this can stem from a lot of different things. Uh, and one of the big things is malnutrition. And so you might think, oh gosh, uh, I'm overweight or I'm obese. How can I be malnourished? Uh, but depending on that diet, most people that are overweight or 
obese are malnourished in some way. And so once you start giving the body the nourishment that it needs, that it desires, uh, that, that can uptip, up, uptick appetite uh, initially. Uh, and because the body's saying, hey, I've been starving for this for so long. Now I got it. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to eat as much as I can. Uh, so that's not uncommon. Another thing is if someone's coming from a restricted diet, like a strict ketogenic diet, and they're so used to measuring and monitoring and restricting foods that when you tell them you can eat all you want, uh, as much as you want, but it's got to be meat, etc. Uh, this is kind of like floodgates busting open and they are finally free to eat and they'll eat, 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 which is good. That's what they should be doing, but they'll gain weight. Uh, this is actually super, super common in the bodybuilding world. Uh, and so as an example, someone that's doing a bodybuilding competition, they'll diet down for 12, 16, 20, 24 weeks, whatever it might be. And it's a basically progressive starvation in a way uh, to drop body fat, to get extremely lean for competition day. And then after the competition, they release that mental hold on food and say, okay, I I can reward myself. Uh, And what is kind of a dirty kept secret in that bodybuilding world is uh, it's uncontrolled binging following a competition. It's incredibly common. Uh, and a more mild degree of this is what I see happen kind of frequently with the carnivore diet, especially someone that's coming from a restricted diet. Uh, and it, I, I bring up the ketogenic diet because a lot of people come to the carnivore diet from a ketogenic diet, but it doesn't mean it has to be a ketogenic diet. It could be from any restricted diet. Okay. So, I want to hammer that home because this is super important and people want to tinker with the diet before they're healthy. And I think for most people, that's a mistake. Get healthy first. Eat meat. Eat when you're hungry. Eat until you're satisfied. Don't worry about the scale. Don't worry about measurements. Even though if that is your primary goal, uh, I think you need to have a health conscious mindset initially. You need to resolve uh malnutrition and deficiencies you need to regulate a normal appetite and normal hunger signals you need to heal your gut you need to there's there's a lot of healing processes like hormone hormonal rebalances are going to take place and you got to give these things time to happen uh and so having a long-term mindset is a way to go about this even though i get most people to experiment with the diet by saying hey give it 30 days because most people experience you know, pain in that, in those first 30 days, but by the end of it, they're feeling better than they ever have. And that's true. Even if people have gained weight. Uh, so so for example, let's say we have a Sally, uh, she goes on the carnivore diet for 30 days. She has two weeks of adaptation symptoms where she feels terrible. But after that, the next two weeks, she feels better than she ever has in her life. Uh, very common, even if she's gained some weight, then you have the Johns who, you know, may have had adaptation symptoms as well. But, two, but after a month, they've lost a lot of weight. They feel better than they've ever felt. So a lot of times a 30-day experiment will lead to the 60-day experiment, to the 90-day experiment. Uh, but no matter what, I always tell people that you got to get healthy first. And if you get healthy first, it makes the fat loss so much easier down the road. You'll feel so much better. You're much more likely to have long-term success uh, instead of another yo-yo, just another fad diet. Okay. So let me see if there's anything else I want to talk about as far as fat loss here. Uh, 
Yeah. So the goal initially with the carnivore diet is a stabilized health condition. You're healthy. Now let's talk about tinkering with the carnivore diet. Okay. For 99% of people, this is going to be totally irrelevant. But for 1% of people, this is relevant. <laughs> so let me tell you what I mean by that. So after getting healthy, what, let's just say, for example, it took six months. You've been eating as much as you want. Uh, just meat. You've been you know, holding to the diet. You feel great. But you're, but you're carrying a little bit more body fat than you want. What do you do now? Now, for 99% of people... They're not going to be carrying more body fat than they want. Uh, they'll get down to a healthy body fat percentage, which they'll be ecstatic to achieve. Uh, so most people, they don't want to be five, six, seven, eight percent body fat. Uh, and the body doesn't actually want to go there naturally. So when you're eating the carnivore diet, a diet very much designed with how we are uh, built to eat. And eating this natural diet and listening to your natural uh, hunger signals and appetite, you're going to settle in at a natural, a natural range of body fat uh, where a body wants to be. And this, hot, this healthy body fat percentage, most people are more than happy with the appearance of how they look in that, with that percentage. Uh, but there's going to be people that are gonna be like, they want to get more lean than that. They want to see the six-pack abs or they're going to go on, they got a vacation on the beach, whatever it might be, and they want to get leaner. Well, uh, you can do that with the carnivore diet, but I don't, I don't recommend tinkering with it until you get healthy. And people are going to be like, how do I know when I'm healthy? How do I know when I'm adapted, et cetera? And there's no objective like light switch that says, oh, now you're healthy. Oh, now you're not. Uh, there's general signals. So from a body composition standpoint, your body fat will kind of level out long term. Long term, meaning after several months, the weight's not, the scale's not fluctuating a whole bunch. You'll feel good. Your appetite, you won't be hungry. You won't be craving sugars. You won't, uh, you'll be sleeping well. So, I mean, all the things that happen <laughs> during this, that can happen during adaptation, uh, like cravings and getting fat adapted and interruptions and in sleep a adaptation period can be you know people just will experience things to different degrees but it can be rough once all those things are gone and you you really you you reach this homeostatic set point where maybe you had some some disease some disorder and it is improved vastly and it's kind of stabilized maybe it's totally in remission maybe it's uh st it's progression has been halted reversed stabilized uh but anyways you have to gauge this for yourself and your and whatever particular health condition it might be so for me as an example one of the reasons pretty much the main reason i came to the carnivore diet didn't have anything to do with body composition i was already lean coming into the carnivore diet i have a you know a bodybuilding background meaning like building muscle losing fat uh, not that I really wanted to compete or anything like that, but I was just more interested in the vanity side of health and fitness, uh, more the fitness side. And I went to the carnivore diet more for the health side and more than anything for mental energy, uh, meaning I was often feeling drained on the diet that I was following. I wanted, I needed to have more energy throughout the day. I could not afford to crash in the afternoons. Because uh, I was I was working on several different business ventures all at the same time, and I was working a lot of hours. So for me, 
I, after transitioning, I got this mental capacity where I didn't need a pot of coffee to get through the day. Uh, I didn't need uh, to take a snack break every two hours. Uh, once that regulated, once my body weight regulated, I was feeling great. Uh, then I was like, I could, I could probably start tinkering. So specifically what I did, and I don't necessarily recommend everyone do this, but I did six months of strict beef and water. And I did this, uh, kind of as like the ultimate elimination diet where after that, I, you know, I added in things like try in some eggs, try in other meats, uh, have a cup of coffee and see how you feel. And it's a good way to be able to be like, okay, these are the foods that I don't do so well, don't do so well with. These are okay. Almost always I feel best on beef and water, but I, you know, to loosen up the diet a little bit to allow more in it is just necessary from a lifestyle standpoint. Uh, anyways, where was I going with that? Um, tinkering with the diet. So anyways, I didn't tinker with the diet for well over six months. And when I say tinker with the diet, it's still, I, I brought in foods that are, uh, that are acceptable to the diet. Uh, but then let I, I settled in, I don't know, I didn't take my body fat, but it's probably around 12% body fat after those six months. And I was mainly eating fatty meats as much as I wanted. And I tended to have a big appetite, which eventually regulated. Uh, and you know, by most measures, like I look fine, but I was used to being leaner than that. And I was like, ah, I'd like to be a little bit leaner. So what could you do? If you've reached this health point, your body fat is settled and you want to accelerate fat loss again. So we'll talk about tinkering with the diet for that. And then we'll, I'll talk a little bit about tinkering with the diet for muscle building. Now, my real, I don't want to say specialty or expertise, but the area I know the best is hypertrophy training, basically building muscle uh, for aesthetic purposes. There's a lot of different kinds of muscle building. We could be talking about strength training, Olympic training. You could be an endurance athlete, a CrossFit athlete, whatever it might be. There's a lot of different kinds of training. Uh, I think the most people are tend to be interested in, in building, you know, an aesthetic physique, uh, and hypertrophy training is a big part of that. Strength training can be a part of that. All of these things are a part of it to differing degrees, but, uh, we'll talk about that here in just a minute. So, if you want to get a little bit extra lean and you want to tinker with the carnivore diet, first thing to know is there's going to be trade-offs. So you'll probably realize that you've never felt better on any diet or at any time in your life than after reaching health with the carnivore diet. Uh, even if your body fat is a couple percentage higher than you might want, you probably have never felt better. Now to get that body fat lower than your body naturally wants to go, it's going to be a trade-off in certain things. Uh, the most common ones are going to be energy, uh, energy, mental clarity, things like that. So when you start dropping your body fat really low, uh, it, it's going to disturb some systems and you'll have some hormones that are going to adjust and generally in a negative direction. Uh, a common thing for bodybuilders that get really low body fat is sleep disturbances. Because uh, the body is an easy way to understand this. The body is going to a place that it doesn't want to go, which is an extra stressor to the body. 
So a stress hormone like cortisol is going to elevate uh, during this time. It's basically kind of, it's if you think of it as the sympathetic uh, nervous system, the flight or f- flight or fight or flight response, the body is saying, hey, I want more food. I need more food. So sleep is often disturbed. The body getting itself up to say, hey, go, go find me some food. Uh, so sleep disturbances, energy, uh, you know, will go down. Things like that are not uncommon. So these are trade-offs that you make if you want to go super lean. Uh, but that said, how can you do it if you want to do it? And this article I wrote, uh, the first thing you can do is what I say is stick with level two foods. Okay. Let me tell you what this means. I wrote this 30 day guide to going full carnivore and I have three levels in it. And the reason for three levels is not to make it complicated, but it's to help people basically anyone that comes to the diet to find success. So if you say just eat meat, animal products and drink water, that's great, but it leaves a lot of questions and, uh, it leaves in foods that can be problematic, like dairy, uh, specifically dairy causes people all kinds of problems. Uh, and people drink coffee. A lot of the carnivores drink coffee. Coffee is not carnivore. You know, it's, it's from a plant. Uh, so the three levels are basically designed. Level one is, Hey, you're getting started. Let's keep this easy. Keep in your dairy, keep in your coffee, keep in all meats and just get started get into the adaptation phase. Don't keep it super strict. Just get in. Level two is removing a lot of these foods that are potential offenders. Things like dairy, things like uh, coffee and and butter. And I say butter for a, a purpose here in just a second. And so level two removes a lot of offending foods. And level three is the strict beef and water. And the reason for level three is if you're still having problems after level two, or if you just want to see the best way, what foods might be bothering you, uh, level three is basically that ultimate elimination diet. After you do level three, you can add foods in systematically to see what foods you do best with, what foods are most disagreeable or if they are disagreeable with you. Okay. So I have three levels in that 30 day guide and I say stick with level two foods here. And I say that for a reason. It's very easy to overdo adding approved carnivore fats. And let me tell you what I mean by that. So butter is a carnivore food. It's fine. It's an animal product. A lot of people eat butter. But a lot of people will add, you know, tons of butter, tablespoons and tablespoons of butter to their coffee to go along with tablespoons and tablespoons of a heavy whipping cream, which is also carnivore approved, so to speak. And in their morning coffee alone, they're consuming just a ton of calories. And I, I don't, I, maybe I'll get into calorie and calorie out debate here a little bit. Uh, but basically they're eating so many calories that it's, 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 it's making it hard for them to, to, uh, create a deficit. And so let me talk about if, if you, if you're a totally against the calorie in calorie out theory, uh, I'll, I'll, let me talk to that because there's a, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about calorie in calorie out. Uh, but anyways, I say stick to level two foods, uh, which are basically meat, <laughs> uh, because it's hard to overeat meat. Okay. It's hard to overeat on steaks. I mean, and by overeat, I mean, 
consuming more than your body's gonna burn off meaning consuming so much that your body reserve is storing extra calories okay if you stick to level two foods pretty much not gonna happen okay strategy number two is protein okay so a lot of people as i mentioned come to the carnivore diet from the ketogenic diet and they like to keep ketogenic ratios to stay in varying levels of ketosis now if you're not familiar with the ketogenic diet that's not a problem don't worry about it it's, a, it's high fat low carb moderate sometimes low protein depending on what kind of ketogenic protocol you're following uh, however if you're going in a steep I shouldn't say steep if you're going into a caloric deficit that's going to bring you into very low levels of body fat and you're trying to keep a 70 30 fat to protein ratio your protein will drop to levels lower than optimal which is going to likely result in losing lean body mass it's going to result in muscle catabolism you're going to be using your muscle to fuel your body and not fat and that's not what you want so the second thing you want to do is keep protein high and the way to do that is to move to leaner cuts of meat so if you're used to just eating tons and tons of fat adding tons of fat to meat uh that's that can be detrimental to getting super lean because your protein is going to get too low and and you, you'll be at risk of losing lean body mass or if your protein's adequate your your total energy consumption is going to be too high to get to the low body fat that you want i hope that makes sense but basically the moral of the story here for the second point is you need to increase your protein to fat ratio and you do this by eating more uh lean cuts of meat and so a few ways you could do that so for example during my six months of just eating to hunger eating all beef and water uh i would always eat the fat on all my all my cuts of meat so i had a big fat ribeye i would eat all that white fat you know if i had a strip steak the strip of fat on the edge i ate it uh now if you're wanting to get to super you know lower levels than your body lower body fat levels than your body naturally wants to go to cutting off some of this trimming some of that fat is a strategy you can use to change the protein to fat ratio okay you can also just choose leaner cuts of meat you can eat more top sirloins <laughs> uh, instead of the instead of the ribeyes and what i generally recommend people doing that are going to tinker is you fast all night obviously because you're sleeping your first meal go ahead and make it a fatty meal make it your fattiest meal of the day uh and i do this for a few reasons that's going to keep you in varying depths of ketosis uh and especially if you're working out in the afternoon and have more protein less fat later in the day okay it's a strategy i, I would use uh so as far as your timing and then as you progress depending on how lean you want to get uh, you might want to have the first meal be your normal fatty meat second third meals or just the second meal if you only eat two meals be a leaner ratio uh, and then as you progress maybe a month down the road if you want to still get leaner you could change that first meal into a little bit leaner meal so basically what's happening is the level of protein as far as ratios going up fats going down
okay? Something that I would use in conjunction with this is what I call fat cycling, okay? So let's just, let's just use an example. This is common in bodybuilding. They actually do carb cycling in bodybuilding when they're cutting down for a show. Very common strategy. Let me tell you what carb cycling is, and then we'll, we'll relate it to fat cycling. So carb cycling is when bodybuilders are getting ready for a show, they'll have three days where they have very low carbohydrates, very high protein, and generally low to moderate fat. And then on a fourth day, they'll boost up their carbohydrates and keep fat uh and keep protein high and fat they'll probably generally should drop lower on that day uh and then three days low 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 carb fourth day higher carb and it's a, it's cyclic and this has this has effects on your metabolism it has effects on your glycogen stores uh things like that similar strategy can be used with the carnivore diet but don't use carbohydrates you use fat so if you have three days where you were eating leaner cuts of meat all those days, then on the fourth day, you increase the, the fatty cuts of meat. You increase the amount of fat you eat on that fourth day. And this does a lot of things. One, it keeps you not feeling terrible because as you remove fat from your diet, as that fat percentage gets lower and lower and the protein gets higher and higher, generally your energy is going to be going down. You're going to start feeling worse. And so if you fuel up with fat on a on a cyclic basis it helps prevent this it helps it helps a lot of things with your metabolism keeping it from just plummeting and so fat cycling is a strategy that you can use it doesn't have to be three days it doesn't have to be three days low fat one day high fat three days low fat that's just a that's a framework you can use it could be five days low fat two days high fat it could be every other day it depends on your particular circumstance and how lean you want to get. But fat cycling is a way to help mitigate some of the consequences of lowering your fat intake. Okay, another strategy you can use, one that I don't recommend that much when going really lean because it's also going to put you at an increased risk of muscle catabolism, but it's intermittent fasting. So intermittent fasting is useful for calorie control or the amount you eat. Uh, and so the way to do this is most commonly you sleep all night, you forgo breakfast, probably have some coffee in the morning to you know keep appetite at bay. You eat a late breakfast or an early lunch, whatever you want to call it. Then you eat an early dinner. And so basically you're eating all your food within an eight hour window. And the benefit of this is it, helps uh control how much you eat basically uh it also puts you at a, a little bit steeper risk of muscle catabolism and losing lean body mass which you really want to try and prevent if you're trying to get really lean okay because losing lean body mass is going to make it harder and harder uh to continue continue to lose fat because your metabolism is doing a, a downward dive okay how do you know if you're doing this successfully well a couple things you'll see fat you know falling off uh, you'll get leaner the weight your weight should move down uh, but a good day of eating a simple way to determine if you're eating the right amount is you go to bed with a feeling that you know I could eat right now it's not a feeling of starvation if you get to that point you did not eat enough that day and your proteins probably too low your fats probably too low and you're doing too much too fast 
bad. You don't want to do that. Uh, but if you go to the bed with the feeling like, ah, I could eat, I don't need to eat, but you know, I could eat right now. Uh, that's a good, that's a good signal that you probably ate in a caloric deficit and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good signal for that. So this is, I think this is a good segue to talk about calorie in calorie out theory. Uh, and I want to keep this just brief, uh, cause I know it's a contentious topic. And if you're not aware of the topic, let me just give you the essence of it. You consume calories. That's calories in you burn calories. That's calories out. It's this equation equation. If you're taking in more calories than are going out, then you're storing them. You're going to gain weight. But if you are taking in less calories and you're burning more then you're going to lose weight. Okay. People, people like to debate this and it's because they're, I think it's, I think the debate is because they're not, each is looking at a limited view of the picture. Now, if you look at the whole picture, there's truth and calories in calories out. Uh, because think of it this way, like you're eating calories, calories are energy. Okay. So you eat energy. If that energy doesn't get used, it doesn't just disappear. Okay. So we're not creating energy out of thin air and we're not destroying energy out of thin air. If you're aware of the, that physics law, you know, you know, energy is no, neither created or destroyed. It's just transferred. So we're not doing any alchemy here. So calories that come in, they don't just disappear. So you're either going to, they're either going to be used or they're going to be stored to be used. Okay. Now I think where the debate gets, well, I think what people debate about is when you're consuming calories, a calorie is not a calorie. And let me tell you what I mean by that. If you eat a, a good example is the thermic effect of food. So let's just say a gram of pro, a gram of protein is four calories. You consume a gram of protein. It takes your body, it, the thermic effect of food. It basically it's going to increase your digesting. I'm, I just want to simplify this. Digesting uh, a gram of protein is going to take up more energy than digesting a gram of carbohydrates, which is also four calories. So in essence, your body is expending more energy to digest a gram of protein than it expends to digest a gram of carbohydrates. So it's not that, so calories in are still going to equal calories out. Like it's not going to upset the overarching global balance of the energy distribution. Okay. But calories are used in different ways. Another example. Uh, depending on the food you're eating, it's going to have different metabolic effects. So if you're eating a certain diet that is going to increase your metabolic rate, uh, it's going to increase your lean body mass, you're, you're, le- you're, you're, you're going to be burning more calories. So you can eat more food and you burn more food. Uh, you burn more en- more of that energy off. You store less of that ener- energy. So calories have different effects within the body that is going to mess with this calorie in, calorie out uh, equation so to speak okay but the global essence of calorie in calorie out is you're not it it is valid like because calories energy is not just disappearing out of out of thin air it's being that energy has to be used but it can be used in different ways within your body and not just like uh you know running 10 miles a day as your only calorie burn it's a lot of the hormonal processes that are going on within the body that are going to accelerate or decelerate calorie burn while you're sleeping, while you're 
going about your daily activities, not exercising, so to speak. So I hope that makes some sense because calories do matter. If, <laughs> if you think you can just eat 10,000 calories a day and because it's meat, you're not going to gain weight, like that's just not true <laughs> unless you're Michael Phelps and you're burning 10,000 calories a day because you're swimming, you know, 100 miles or, you know, whatever. Uh, so calories are still important. And if you're not creating a global deficit, then you're not going to lose weight. Okay. So let's use this to segue into muscle building. So most people are not going to have a problem with this, especially early on, because they'll be eating more protein than they have probably ever eaten in their life. And one of the side effects of that is if you're weight training, strength goes up relatively quickly. Now, as I mentioned earlier, there's different kinds of, of training, different kinds of working out, different kinds of uh, muscle building. And depending on what kind you do, what kind you want to do, I, I encourage you to do the kind you enjoy, the kind that you're going to do. That's probably the best kind. Uh, but based on that, there's going to be different adaptation phase. So for example, bodybuilding where you're doing generally higher v volume, higher amounts of time under tension, uh, it takes longer to adapt to this. Glycolytic training like CrossFit uh, where you're doing very explosive work. Uh, it could take a little bit more time to adapt to this strength training. You know, it, there's an explosive nature to certain kinds of strength training. Uh, will take varying amount of times, varying amount of time to adapt to. So for example, you know, I've been doing bodybuilding style workouts for 20 years. And when I started a carnivore diet, it took me about eight weeks to, to recoup to where I was prior, uh, be, before starting. Uh, and then once you adapt, then, you know, progress, my progress has escalated from there. So two big things about training, and I, and I need to remind myself to talk about cardio about, uh, as far as fat loss. So I'll do that after I talk about training here, uh, cause cardio is, should be a part of your fat loss strategy as well. Could, can be a part of it if you're not doing it, but anyways, uh, muscle building, first of all, give yourself time to adapt. While your body gets healthy, let it adapt to the training stimulus as well. And let's say you're healthy, okay? We got through that phase one, you're healthy, and you want to accelerate muscle building. The key is you have to eat, okay? You got to eat a lot. Uh, and it doesn't matter so much about your macronutrient ratios at this point. You're going to be eating adequate fat, and you're going to be eating adequate protein, uh, to stimulate uh, maximal uh, maximal protein synthesis. So really it comes to, the most important thing is gonna be your caloric intake. And so if you're eating in excess of your caloric demands, uh, then you're giving your body the raw material it needs to build muscle, okay? So for me, I have no problem doing this. I can eat, I, 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 can, I can eat a lot. Uh, beyond beyond satiety without any big problem some people uh they have a harder time eating and so that's where you know if your one goal in life was to put on as much muscle as possible then i probably wouldn't recommend a carnivore diet because it's a lot easier to overeat on carbohydrates uh and, and simple sugars and such it's harder to overeat on steaks uh, but if you want to build muscle you really got to focus on on eating enough okay and 
So for most people, or if that's a focus, I would try and eat, you know, at least three meals a day. Uh, you know, people are going to argue that, but I think, I think if you try and do three meals versus two more meals versus one meal, you'll get superior results with three meals. There's some research that would, that would suggest this is true. And just from anecdotal experience, uh, the more times you can kind of turn on the protein synthesis switch, uh, the better. And so a, a good way to think about this is every time you eat a meal, you're going to turn on protein synthesis and that light switch slowly dims over three to four hours. And you want to turn that light switch back on, uh, overly simplistic view of it, but it's a good way to think about it. Um, okay. So we're talking muscle building. Uh, we could talk about a couple supplements that, that might help. So creatine monohydrates, one of the most researched sports supplements in history. Uh, you know, it's been shown to be safe time and time again. It's shown to be effective. Here's the caveat. Red meat is your biggest source of creatine in the diet. And since we're eating mainly red meat, uh, supplementing with creatine will have a much smaller effect than people on a standard diet because your creatine stores are already saturated or close to saturated. But you can try supplementing with creatine to top off these muscle stores, which you could see some improvement, especially if strength is your, your main goal. Um, whey protein could perhaps help. Uh, for most people, I do not recommend supplementing whey protein, but if muscle building is your goal, this is a way to get in more, more protein, more calories, a little bit easier. Cause it's not like eating a dense steak, you know, it's just a simple whey protein shake. Okay. I feel like I should talk a lot more about muscle building and we could talk about it forever. Uh, and not get to do an adequate job. Uh, but from the, from the viewpoint of the carnivore diet and nutrition, and if your goal is muscle building, biggest thing is eating enough. Okay. If you're eating enough calories, uh, you know, interestingly, like a 200 calorie surplus per day is a good thing to shoot for. And then you want to progressively try and increase that over time. Uh, muscle gains are a marathon. Let me tell you what I mean by that. If you're a trained athlete, for an untrained athlete, they'll see muscle gains quite quickly. You know, I'm talking like within six months, they'll see noticeable gains in muscle. Uh, but for any amount of trained athlete, let's say you've worked out for a year semi-consistently, muscle gains are slow, okay? So weighing yourself on the scale, using a tape measure, like these are almost pointless activities uh, because to gain five 10 pounds of muscle a year is a significant feat for a trained athlete. Okay. So trying, so measuring, uh, measuring with a scale is just a lot of times a fruitless things. And the, I bring this up because people will contact me. Ah, you know, I've been eating a lot for the last month and, and I'm not seeing much muscle gain or something like that. And I'm like, Whoa, man, muscle, muscle building is a marathon. Like that's, you gotta be in that for the long term. Newbies can have newbie gains, like that's a real thing. Uh, but once you once you're past newbie gains, like muscle gains aren't something you get overnight. Fat loss is can be much much quicker than muscle building. Okay, uh, so that's why we see a lot of fat loss stories. Basically, oh, ba overnight, overnight meaning you know over a couple months, you know amazing transformations, where you don't see someone generally in a couple months go from you know a skinny rail to a big old bodybuilder or anything like that. Okay. 
Last thing I want to talk about is cardio as part of, of part of as a part of fat loss. So cardio cardiovascular exercise is good for health. Uh, we should move. But if getting as lean as possible is your goal, this is how I would do it. Okay. So you do that, you get healthy, right? Do the diet, you get healthy. During that time, you're doing weight training. Okay. Some cardio if you want, but ideally you're doing limited cardio during that time. And this is only if getting as lean as possible is your goal. Okay. If just being healthy is your goal, do cardio during that time because cardio is good for health. Moving is good for health. Sweating is good for health. Uh, but if body composition is your goal, let me reiterate that body composition, building muscle, burning fat, but having the most muscle, least amount of fat possible. This is how I do it. So for six months or whatever it is, get healthy on the carnivore diet, eat until your appetite is, you know, until you're satisfied. Don't limit it. Work out. Okay. See a, see a trainer, someone that that's going to help you get to your workout goals. They're worth their money for sure. A good one is, <laughs> uh, form is important. Very important. So finding a good trainer is important. Uh, but then let's say you're, you want to transition into the fat loss and you want to get really lean. Cardio should be seen as a progressive thing. So what I mean by that is let's say today is day one of the fat loss phase and you're starting to go towards a little bit leaner meats. Uh, you want to throw in maybe, I'll just use this as an example, one cardio session a week, or let's just say two cardio sessions a week. One being a more of a steady state cardio for 30 minutes, you know, moderate intensity, and one being high intensity interval training. Okay, so you do that for a month. Month two, uh, maybe you start choosing a little bit leaner meats, even more so than month one. And you go to three days of cardio where maybe two of them are low intensity, steady state, one is high intensity. Then maybe you go into month three, you go into even more uh, leaner meats, maybe you're fat cycling. So if you're, let's say you're doing fat cycling, uh, let's just say you were doing three days on, one day high fat, and then month two, you're doing four days low, lower fat, one day higher fat. Then this next month, maybe do five days lower fat, one day higher fat. That's just an example of things, strategies you can try. But essentially, your 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 overall weekly consumption, just to use a weak picture, you're getting more protein, less fat, and your overall caloric intake is probably dropping a little bit. And your cardio is slightly incre increasing. So during that month three, maybe you're doing four, you're doing cardio four times a week. Uh, two of them high intensity, two of them lower intensity, steady state. And during that whole time, you're also doing your, your muscle training to prevent muscle loss. That's an example of how you can get super lean doing the carnivore diet. Like I said, 99% of people, you don't even need to consider half of those tactics. If you want to just lose a little bit of body fat, just switching to leaner meats will often do it. And then you might want to cycle in some higher fat days. Uh, here and there to you know ward off any impacts of the the lower fat days uh, but that that's it so like I said the carnivore diet is a health first diet let me just recap that let me emphasize that get healthy first this extreme fat loss really low levels of body fat uh, 
I like to talk about it because sometimes I like to do that. I like to stay leaner than uh, my natural body fat set point, which is probably around 12%. I'd like to be 8% or so. And I keep it pretty easy just by, you know, I don't do these crazy strategies that I even talked about to stay there. A lot of the strategies I talked about here were to get to like competition levels of lean leanness. So you can take some, leave some. For me, standard, I just will eat leaner meats a couple days, have a higher fat, higher meat fat day, interspersed every second day, every third day, whatever. I, I'm not real analytical about it. Uh, and that helps me stay at relatively lean between 8 10% body fat maybe. Um, and so usually don't do much more than that. Like I said, tinkering with the carnivore diet has its consequences. Uh, most people should not tinker, won't even want to tinker because that's not even desirable to be at, you know, 6% body fat or whatever. But if it is, here's some things that I would do. Uh, hopefully you got some helpful information about this and the article I wrote on this will, uh, will help explain things if you, if you missed anything. So if you didn't get the chance to take notes, I took them for you on kevinstock.io. Just go to carnivore diet and fat loss. Uh, and as the last thing I want to mention is I have articles written on tinkering with the carnivore diet and how it's not a good idea. <laughs> so take everything I just said with a grain of salt because overall, you know, just following a, a carnivore protocol is going to make you feel the best. You'll look great and be happy. And that's what it's all about. Anyways, thank you for listening. Look forward to talking with you again soon. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Keep the radio going. Dr. Kevin Stock has more coming your way. For exclusive content, visit www.kevinstock.io.